You like movies about gladiators? Those men wanted to have sex with me! Great Scott! Nice beaver. I'll send you around a boy. Rambo is a pussy. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And welcome to another episode taking a look back on the films of yesteryear, the films from the 80s and 90s. And this month, we're going to be looking at... Con Air. So much air guitar in this film, so much hair, so many great things, yet still only 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand why more people don't love this film. I, do, I just don't think they get I it. I think it's like a fine wine. It, uh, its appreciation uh, grows with, with every year. But uh, yeah, it's just been... 20 years, oh yeah, obviously 1997, 20 year anniversary, well we're now in 2018 obviously. Yes, it's it's been more than 20 years but we we did a special when we first started, it's been a year since we started, thanks for all the support, a lot of people have been asking for this film and this time last year we were doing Face Off, uh, it was a great film in 997, how many films did Nicolas Cage come out with in 1997? He, he, well, he's Must a have busy done man. three or four. I think he's churning out, he's still very busy, he's churning out about four to direct a DVD even if, you, every even year. if they don't actually get made, It'll he's making get it. get printed, you know, um, he was a very busy man that year. I think he pretty much did Face Off and Con Air back to back. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of fun, we're going to hop on a plane full of convicts, we're going to have our man on the ground, there's going to be so much air guitar, explosions, and we're going to end up in Vegas. A Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. But before we go any further, here's a quick word from George on some housekeeping. Housekeeping. There will be swearing, bad impressions, boilers uh, from the very beginning. There'll probably be screeching guitars in this episode. We aim to entertain and uh, hopefully you'll, you know, we'll throw in a bit of uh, some trivia throughout. We are not movie journalists. George has qualifications in film. Uh, George has acted. George has been in, you've now been in film and TV. Film and TV, but briefly, that, br- you, briefly, yes. We're not talking about Crime Stoppers, are we? No, we're not. Yeah, we're not. Okay. But uh, no, we are avid movie fans. We we are still in touch with what's going on. We we go to the cinema a lot. So our fingers are around the pulse. There, there's definitely somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, I think on uh, with the show. On with the show. serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. What happened? We caught the plane, man! Welcome to Con Air. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. What are you going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the day. Con Air. Directed by Simon West. So, George... Conair, 1997. How did we get... I mean, just to set the scene, you're listening to Blur or Oasis. We don't really care which one you think was better. From Spice Girls to the Backstreet Boys. It's no surprise that in 1997, we really needed good movies. 
1997 was a cracking year for film, and I'm, I'm sure um, we touched on this in our launch episode of Air Force One and Face Off, where we're both released that year, but there was Starship Troopers as well, there was Austin Powers, there was Fifth Element. It was a great year for, for blockbusters, and obviously Con Air is off the staple. We've, um, we, we covered The Rock, which was Nick Cage's uh, first step into the the action genre from doing more sort of serious fare. I mean, he'd won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas, but he was now under the the influence, under the wing of Jerry Bruckheimer following The Rock. And for some reason, they thought it'd be a good idea to turn him into a bona fide action hero, not just the the plucky sidekick. No, it's like, Nick, you are going to do roundhouse kicks. Okay. (laughs) You're going to have to hit the gym. And what's... What's in the box? Oh, what this hairpiece? <laughs> <laughs> He's seriously buff in this film. He's seriously buff. Apparently, he was working out between takes as well to make sure that the you know the veins were bulging. Well, it definitely shows. So, mm. uh, as we normally do, we're going to start talking about uh, the production, uh, what made this film possible. So, yeah. So I've already touched. It's it's a, a, a from the Bruckheimer production house. We've talked about in the past. They were the sort of kings of the eighties and nineties blockbuster. So his partner. Uh, this is the first film, isn't it? So yes. Uh, yeah, so Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer produced a lot of films throughout the 80s and 90s. The last one that they did as a partnership was The Rock, and then Don Simpson did Far Too Many Drugs and, and Died. So this is the first solo outing for Jerry Bruckheimer Productions. And seems him going, okay, let's get silly. Let, let's, yeah, let's dial it <laughs> Don, up. Don's now. gone, so let's get really silly. Let's get, yeah, all those ideas that Don shot down. Yeah. <laughs> let's go nuts. And like a lot of Bruckheimer films, this is a first-time feature for director Simon West. His background, like Ridley Scott, like Tony Scott, like Michael Bay, was in commercials and music videos. So it's a, yeah, his debut feature. And I think, you know, he does a an adequate job. It ticks all the relevant boxes for a Bruckheimer film in terms of that sort of... Explosions! That, the explosions, <laughs> slow-mo explosions, raining and flames. Wind machines. <laughs> wind machines when necessary. He's still, Simon West is still working. So he went on to do the Tomb Raider film, the first one with Angelina Jolie. He did Expendables 2, and it seems that on that film he's cultivated a bit of a relationship with Jason Statham, because he has done two films with Jason Statham recently. The Staff. The Staff, the Staff, which, yeah, he's done two films, The Mechanic and a film called Wildcard. I have seen neither. I have seen The Expendables 2, because I am an Arnie and Van Damme completist. Is the mechanic the one where he's covered in grease and all the men are trying to grab him? No, that homoerotic fight. No, that's the transporter. Oh, right, okay. For, for reasons unknown, they have a fight in a bus depot. They're going to try and get me. I'm going to cover uh, myself in yeah. grease. Can't catch me. I'm all greased <laughs> up. I better take off my top so you can't grab me. Yeah, it's not homoerotic at all. But enough about greased up half naked guys. Yeah, let's talk about oh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage's <laughs> greasy mullet. So yeah, let's let's get strange. Apparently the, the film was was inspired by a newspaper article about which was just an article about transport service that transported convicts convicts airplanes convicts airplanes, con air i see what you did there it's like air con but backwards so 75 million dollars later we've got a movie <laughs> we, we've got a movie we were going to make a film about miners on drilling on an asteroid but we thought that was too silly um, put that in your back pocket put, for a while Basic setup, in a nutshell, you've got 
war hero. Cameron, he's a guy. He's a war hero. Goddammit! Yeah, decorated veteran. The amazingly named Cameron Poe, not to be confused with Poe Dameron from Star Wars. Yeah, is re- returning from duty, in, killing people in in, 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 the, in, in the Middle East. I think we're guessing. And yeah, it's a very dramatic opening. So he is reunited with his wife. But then uh, protecting his wife from some drunken rednecks. He acted, for honour. For honour. Uh, he accidentally kills a guy and is then sent to, to prison and serves time. Meanwhile, his daughter is growing up and then he is on parole and he's going to be reunited on his family. But first, he must be transported on Con Air. How many times are we going to say Con Air during this episode? Ooh, Not as, enough. As many times as we're going to say mullet and screeching guitars. We have... This is your official first mullet warning. <laughs> so I do love the uh, Poe comes home, heroes welcome, and it's like so much exposition done so quickly. There's there's fast introductions, but the exposition is even quicker. So in he's in prison. He's, yeah, he's come we, home and then he's in prison working out learning Spanish. We we get a great prison montage, and I should start by saying. I actually have watched the extended version of this film, which I didn't realise existed until I bought the, the DVD uh, online. And this has some random scenes to sort of add add depth to the characters, if that is such a thing. Um, <laughs> How so, much more depth? <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the prison montage. You're you're getting. Um, he's he's working out. Obviously, he's he's meditating. He's learning. There's a um, a classic line that you and I use when he's learning Spanish. Our first Spanish, yeah. My wife and I will have our margaritas on the yacht. Yeah. And all this time his hair's growing. And, and I thought to myself, is the mullet his punishment? <laughs> That's the real punishment. Because it's, he has different stages of mullet. Yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit shaggy, but the mullet's getting longer. He's learning to do origami. I think this is a, an, an extra scene. But there's also a scene where it sets up why he's so protective of uh, Bubba Gump. Um, so yeah, the guy that plays Bubba Gump, he's called Daddy-O in this. Uh, the guy that uh, must have his insulin um, is that he saves him in a prison riot and gets burned as a result. So it's all like Cameron owes a, a life debt to this guy. I think that's extended scene because yes, that is yeah, yeah. In 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 the version I watched, they share sweeties. He gives him like a oh. pink oh. snowball, coconut snowball. Yeah. When are we going to talk about his accent? Uh, <laughs> oh God, dear hummingbird. Break out the fine china, chill the lemonade, tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree, because this boy's coming home to his ladies, coming home forever. <laughs> the accent is all over the place. So, yeah, we, we're quickly into exposition territory. So much exposition. We're getting a low down on the plane. Yep. We're getting... Yep. Uh, John Cusack turns up wearing socks and sandals. They don't explain why. Is that just because he's a goody-goody guy? I think they're trying to say that he's a lefty. Are you the... Because uh, there's a uh, Colm Meany or, or Meany Colm, as we're going to call him. We know he's a douchebag. Why? Because he parks in the disabled spot. What a douche. Ooh, what a douche. Um, Got Colm Meany, who's DEA. He's putting a, a an undercover agent on board to get information. Yeah. They, they kind of gloss over that. John Cusack it literally sits in a chair in a computer room and just reads through people's criminal records for yeah. feels like I've got a minutes. great idea for how to introduce the characters. Why don't we just read out their criminal file? But very quickly edited, like yeah. snapshots. And we'll have them getting onto the plane at the same time so you can link in, it up. In chains. In yeah. chains. Well, we told you today's flight would be special. That's William Bedford, a.k.a. Billy Bedlam. Mass murderer? The same. And who is that good-looking brother on screen? Nathan Jones, a.k.a. Diamond Dog. His name 
is Cyrus Grissom, aka Cyrus the Virus. I do like the idea of the DEA sending a agent onto the plane, but not knowing anything about any of the criminals on the plane. Just before you get on, um, yeah, we'll here's a quick rundown of everybody. Uh, who else is? Who else you should be aware of? By the way, on this plane, there's a guy called Cyrus Grissom who's killed eleven people in prison. Yeah, <laughs> he might kill you. <laughs> yeah, and when they get to Cameron Poe, he's a nobody. He's a nobody. He's yeah. a nobody. Don't worry about him. Until it becomes necessary, necessary to the plot. He's a goddamn war hero. <laughs> and I, I didn't realise that Cyrus the Virus Grissom has two degrees, apparently. Yeah, he's got he got those since he got locked up, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the marvellous moment where Nick Cage gets off the bus and we see the first mullet in the breeze shot. It's brilliant. I think yeah, that's become a, a meme now of, of him just like glancing up at the sun <laughs> with his mullet glistening and glowing and blowing. Because this happens throughout the film. It's like he gets off the bus, there's a wind machine. He gets off the plane. He gets on the plane. No one else is no affected else. by the wind. No one else is allowed to have long hair. Even the bishop, the guard, she's got her hair tied back because no one else can have flowy, blowy hair. That's a very good point. Well, I just, I just one of them actually, the guy with the beard, who they get into the fight underneath the plane because I can't remember his name. He looks like he's just had a recent haircut. Yeah. So I think he probably turned up with long hair. And they were like, no, 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 nobody. Nobody out mullets the cage. So yeah, they decided give it, the mullet looked so great. I don't, I don't understand. Why the, is it always greasy? Is that meant to be gel or is it like sweat? I think it's just so hot. Yeah, um, uh, but I'm, I'm really a bit bemused by the whole mullet concept. Like, what was there? Was it like something from the costume guy? You know, you know what we haven't really seen is an action hero with a mullet. Have you not seen Hard Target with John Paul Van Damme? <laughs> It is a weird thing to like... He punches a snake in the face. Roundhouse is a grenade. It just seems like such an odd design choice. With Nicolas Cage looking so tall and so ripped, it's like, you know what he really needs? Mullet. A mullet. But but he's got a receding hairline. Shut up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, So, yeah, they're on the plane. We get the the introduction of of all the, the horrible criminals you've got. Malkovich is is really humming it up, but he's, he's having a great time. He, he is having a great time. Almost as much fun as we are at watching him. And if you say a word about this over the radio, the next wings you see will belong to the flies buzzing over your rotting corpse. You've got Ving Rhames being Ving Rhames, being quite <laughs> terrible. But no, I mean terrible character, great. You know. Yeah, no, like really like sort of scary. Terrible. Yeah, don't mess. Menacing, sorry. Yeah. Menacing. All of the characters. You've got Danny Trejo. You've got... Yeah, I, I, like, I forgot Danny Trejo was in this. But everyone's... I think this was... Uh, you know, we talk about this. This comes up a lot. But I think even the supporting cast, even that, even the guard who's saying, you know, gag him and, gag him and bag him. You know, that guy yeah. who's really hoping that Bobby's going to make it when when there's the when they take the plane. Even he's good. They're all they're all accomplished. Even the guys on the ground, you've seen them in other stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, Cole Meany's been in everything from, like, Star Trek to Layer Cake. You uh, mean Meany Colm? Me, me, Meany Colm. Yeah, you've even got Dave Chappelle as a runner character. I, I think Who he's... shouldn't have been allowed to improvise. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> you can't hear half of his dialogue. He's trying to improvise in the middle of, like, an action scene when the plane's been taken over. And there's explosions and smoke, and you can't... He's, he's probably making some good jokes. I mean, Dave Chappelle, I mean, we've probably talked about him in the past years 
hilarious bloke you should definitely check out sketches online of prince and rick james um because they are some of the funniest Murphy. <laughs> that have ever been uh, uh, filmed but yeah he's wasted in this in, and i'd in say recently opinion. also uh the netflix special is hilarious his uh, stand-up oh, okay. is I, great I, I still need to cut uh, some great jokes that. about how millennials don't know what it was like to have to call up somebody's house and stuff before mobiles no it's it's great he's he's a raw talent mm. wasted got a little bit of tension on the ground between lefty john cusack his uh Lance Larkin or something yeah and Minicom just being an all-round douchebag but he has some great great dialogue uh one of them situations never been contemplated well you better start contemplating because this is a situation that needs to get unfucked right now yeah so they've got a bit of bit of banter going on you've got Nick Cage trying to do the the right thing but I think the thing that surprised me on watching this I haven't seen it for a while was it's quite a knowing script. They kind they're of... so self-aware. That's what yeah. this... The, I'd say the main difference between this and The Rock is that they're like, come on, we're going to make a film like The Rock, but this time we're going to be more self-aware. Like, I think there's even a point in the film where uh, Cage kind of sums it up. I don't know whether... It's one of those lines you think was put in for the trailer. It's like... They somehow managed to get every creep and freak in the universe onto this one plane and then somehow managed to let them take it over. You know, it like it was, it was like that line from Top Secret. It's like it all sounds like some bad movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they look at the camera. Yeah, it would have been would have looked better if he just turned and uh, looked looked at the camera, bro- broken the fourth wall. But yeah, so it's that's what you've got to. Why I got annoyed when I saw that this only has fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like you don't get it. This is meant to be nonsense. They've given him a mullet. They've got. Mm. You know, you've got everybody hamming it up and... Well, that's it. It is so much... Set piece to set piece. That's, is, that's what this film it is. It is so ludicrous, but it knows what it's doing. You know, it's it's not trying to be anything than an entertaining blockbuster. Some very talented people having a great time, as, as we've said. Some great bits with, with John Cusack. Doing some good exposition. Doing, 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 doing sh- some good shouting down, um, which I think must be really hard to do. Shouting down, shouting into phones. He looks... Yeah, he's that. been really he's really attached to that plane. Yeah, Colmini just wants to shoot it out the sky. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, you've you've got they are loosely drawn characters. The, that that sort of relationship thing, the the good and bad. Yes, probably a lot more admin and red tape and decision making and a committee involved. Whereas it's just been drilled down to like two guys, <laughs> two two guys, and they're both like physically involved in the chase yeah. as well. Um, you've then you've got Steve Buscemi turning up as the the creepiest serial killer who apparently wore a little girl's head as a hat across two states. That sounds logistically quite tricky. <laughs> and smelly and, and sticky. And sm- smelly and sticky I as would well. attract a lot, of, a lot of attention, but I like his uh, portrayal of the character. I think it's interesting. They make him look like Hannibal Lecter, but he actually just plays himself like a, a normal a normal well, guy, like, well, like, it, like from a Tarantino film. Well, that's it. It's, it's a great gag, the fact that he, when you first turn up, he's all strapped and chained, I say, like Hannibal Lecter, and then he's like, take off the mask. Oh, it's Steve Buscemi. Fine irony. Bunch of idiots dancing on a plane to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash. But actually, in the extended edition, there's um, there's actually a a very brief scene where it alludes that he's killed one of the the guards on the plane just for fun. 
Um, and that's just before the scene that he, they all get off the plane at Lerner Airfield mm-hmm. and he goes off and starts being creepy with the little girl. And you think this film's gone really, really dark, but then he starts, he shows that he actually knows the, he knows the words too. He's got the whole world in his, his hands. hands. Yeah. And, the, but there is that great shot where you see that he doesn't actually kill her. She's, yeah. Yes. It's, it's uh, wrong footing you there. The changeover in, in Carson City where they have to get on the, their, their own pilot, the, the Swamp Thing, I think he's called, the big hairy guy. Then they have to do the, the plane, the, the plan is to, they've got the South American drug dealer who's going to get them all on their, his private plane out of there. That's uh, their escape route. That's their escape plan that, that goes horribly wrong because he double crosses them, which paves the way for an extended action scene. And yeah, it also gives us our first meeting of these two guys who don't know each other who are a double act by the end of the film. You've got Larkin and Poe. Yeah. So First yeah. encounter. I couldn't leave a fallen man behind. He'll do that for me, won't you, Larkin? Sure I will. What are you going to do for me? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the fucking day. John Cusack's trying to reach out to Nicolas Cage. You know, he's, he's a good guy. He's just trying to get home to his wife and kid. He's a goddamn war hero. And I think he even says the the most cliched line in any blockbuster: "Poe, you're always in the wrong place at the wrong time." He's they've never met, but that is that whole uh, sequence. At, yeah, it's just, at, they've just met. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they, they've just met. Um, but that whole sequence at Lunar Airfield, there's there's a lot of good fun there. The whole bit where they're planning that they've had task force, the the army, the DEA are coming down the desert and they're about 10 minutes away, but that gives them just enough time to make a map out of cans and rocks and stones for Cyrus Grissom to plot out. But again, that knowing script, he, he at one point someone says, oh, what's that? And Markovich just goes, that's a rock. It's ludicrous. You've got Cage r- running in slow-mo from explosions. Yeah. Bad guys walking from... Cool guys don't look at explosions. And they definitely don't in this film. But the, wind machines do. Wind <laughs> machines do. The airplane graveyard that just seems ripe for a shootout with lots of ga- gas canisters. Yeah, never seen so many full gas canisters. Full gas canisters. So yeah, that's that's a great scene there. The whole insulin countdown. The, 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 the <laughs> tick-tock, tick-tock. The, the MacGuffin of Nicolas Cage is, well, not only is he trying to get to back to his wife and kids... But he's trying to save Baby O's life and just get a syringe. I think he I think he's yeah. got the the insulin's on board, but he just needs a syringe. If I don't get my shot in the next couple of hours, Me, somebody gonna I'll be sending go. flowers to my mother. It just seems like oh god, yeah, he's still doing this. The the incident, I can't leave him behind. Never leave a man behind because I'm a US Ranger. America thanks you. <laughs> Baby O is is quickly becoming uh, Dead Meat Thompson from <laughs> from Hot Shots because he's like, it's getting real cold, dog. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it. And by the end of it, he's like lying on the floor and Bishop's <laughs> keeping... <laughs> I think I'm going to die. But he doesn't. And, uh, and uh, Cage even goes, I'm going to show you God does exist. Yeah. That's... I, yeah, the whole thing from being, does he have to be Southern? I mean, it seems like... Well, his like... character, there could have been a few ways to play it. And he chooses one way. when Because is he a believable... The question you've got to ask, is he believable to be... Is that how a US Ranger who'd be in prison, incarcerated, and was being sent home, is that how they would act? Would they still be so righteous? Or... I, d- I don't know many Army Rangers. Okay. But it does seem like he's channeling what if Forrest Gump stayed in the Army and got locked up. <laughs> 
There is I'm a... going to show you God does exist. <laughs> it could be straight. He's even with Bubba Gump on yeah. the plane. Could be straight out of that film. Yeah, so, so it, it, he's playing both sides. Well, he he's playing both sides, but he's yeah he's trying to win the trust of of the convicts. And in the extended edition, anyway, there's there's a lot of uh, subtext between John Malkovich, uh, Cyrus Grissom, Cyrus the Virus, and Cameron Poe. There's this one scene that it's a bit like uh, the scene in in Point Break where. The, the surfers all realise, oh yeah, you're Johnny Utah. It's all like, oh hey, you're, you're Cameron Pro. You're the guy that took down the guy in prison. And, uh, Cyrus goes, ooh, he must have been really mad to, to go after you. And he's like, he took away my blackberry jello. <laughs> and, 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 and he goes, you must really like jello. He goes, I like jello a lot. And Cyrus just goes, I like you. Uh, no, that wasn't in the version yeah, I watched. You um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they've cut out that uh, that homoerotic subtext. I mean, you know, he does. There is a point when he goes, "I like you, Poe," but uh, it's not. I don't think it's about. No, I can't they're, remember they're, a black Jello conversation. There, there's there's uh, definitely a lingering look, and he and he looks him up and down. And he goes, "I like you." What's your name, Conga? My name. Yeah. Oh, nice work, Poe. Truly nice work. Well, Matt Markovich, being Mark- Mal- it, how hammy can you go? If you're going to be hammy, you've got to be camp. If you're too camp, you come across a little bit. Gay. I mean, yeah, Markovich is on is on top form in this. Um, he has some cracking lines that we're probably going to intersperse throughout this podcast. So many. He's having a great time. He's having a great time. The guy doing the soundtrack on guitars is having a great time. There was two of them. They, yeah, apparently there was two guys doing the soundtrack. One guy had to bow out early. I'm um, apologies. Obviously, I, there was I, a plan. It was like we're going to mix this up. We're going to have like tense build-up music. Yeah, and then, then the ce- Brookheimer dun 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 yeah. dun. And then we're going to have celebratory high guitar riffs. But then one guy drops out. It's like. What are we going to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't know the names of the guys that did the soundtrack. But yeah, one guy had to bow out. And it seems like the other guy's like, well, fuck it. I'll just chuck in some more guitars. <laughs> there um, is so much guitars. And it? and as the the action ramps up, so does the screeching guitar. It gets higher and higher and higher. And you, you wouldn't think it would get any higher, but it does. So the um, following the, the big sort of shootout at, at Lerner Airfield... They've dug out the plane, and I don't know how many guys can actually physically drag a plane out of the sand, but apparently it's possible. A few strong guys, a few few muscly guys. They're off to to Las Vegas, where they're going to have to crush the plane because, in the whole sort of logical sense, we can't shoot the plane down. Um, there's there's innocent men in there, but let's let them just land it in a very take out downtown Vegas, take out the strip, take out the strip. Um, yeah. via some very ropey 1997 era CG. Oh, some woeful CG, um, Air Force One type. Why ooh, can't you land a plane? Which ooh. is worse? Oh, Air, no, Air Force, Force One is and, probably and the, the PlayStation. Worst. It looks like a PlayStation <laughs> Two or PlayStation One cutscene. Yeah, it's terrible. It's very pixely. Um, but yeah, it turns into well uh, a similar rift as Homer Simpson describes speed as the bus that would not stop. It yeah. does become the plane that would not stop. It goes through everything. Yeah, even so, even that bit where without exploding, without exploding, <laughs> everything else it touches explodes. Uh, everything else blows up. Um, meanwhile, you've got this face-off in the plane between Poe and Cyrus, and the propeller falls off and soars through the entire plane. Goes between two actors, and the cameraman's just there. <laughs> just happens to catch that. From the point of view of the story we're being told, the propeller goes through the middle of it. Yeah. It is destroyed all all of Vegas. It's a great opportunity to think, oh, well, the the plane's landed, film's over. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because Cyrus and his his two accomplices get away, and there's a great moment when 
John Cusack and Nicolas Cage both get on the bikes, the police bikes at the same time. And uh, Cage goes, Cyrus. And Cusack goes, Grissom. They know each other so well now. They've been through so much together. Well, not really together, but on the end of a radio. But they're they're finishing each other's... Sentences. Sentences, yeah. That's how close they are. That's how close they are. So, yeah, you've got this ludicrous fire truck chase, though... It's so over the top, it's still more convincing than A View to a Kill. That's not saying much, though. It hasn't got Alan Potter, I mean, uh, Roger Moore. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems to be in the longest tunnel in the world as well. You've they're got, going underneath hotels, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going through this long tunnel, and you've got Nicholas Cage, who's been shot in the arm, but he's still managing to hang from a ladder on a speeding vehicle. That's the time when he walks and he gets shot and he just doesn't stop walking. He just car- he's just <laughs> carried by the power of his mullet. And love and screeching rock music. <laughs> It's maybe, being blown by the wind machine. The bullet maybe, means nothing. Maybe it's like his personal playlist. Like it's just the music <laughs> that's playing in his hair. That's, his, that's what's going on in his head. <laughs> whilst the mullet's flowing. So yeah, it's a ludicrous uh, fire trick chase, but it is. Uh, it then culminates in the most elaborate death scene of, of any villain. You thought you disliked... Cyrus Grissom. Well, what what do you want to see happen to him? Well, there was a number of ideas floating around. And in the end, we just thought we'd go with all of them. I just want to know that he's dead. Yeah, dead, (laughs) dead. So he's... uh, Catapulted. He's he's on the ladder. So he's handcuffed to the ladder. Yeah. He's then driven through a Walkway. A walkway bridge. Which has windows at the perfect height that he can be sent through. Yeah. Um, He then goes through a power line, so he's electrocuted. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. then he and then he's flown from the the, the ladder into it, a nearby <laughs> a, a nearby crushing plant. No, into thing. a nearby industrial complex. Industrial complex, <laughs> which I didn't see last time I was in Vegas. In anywhere. the centre of Vegas, yeah. and then manages to fall onto conveyor belt, well, and then rolls his head <laughs> onto a crushing machine, as as you do. Yeah. Uh, just at the right moment to have it completely pulverized. Yeah, there's a, with hilarious consequences. With hilarious consequences. There's even the the line. Uh, I think the warden says to Nicolas Cage, "It's like, hey, Poe, next time get the bus." And I was screaming at TV, sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would probably be a bit too close to uh, to speed the bus that would not stop. Um, <laughs> after all that, the they've trashed all of Vegas, and again, it's that knowing script. Mini Calm says so. So glad we didn't shoot it down. Yeah, because it is completely trashed. Completely trashed. But the mullet is glistening. He's reunited with his wife. He's um, He meets his daughter for the first time. He hands over the very sodden bunny. Soiled. Soiled. <laughs> Soiled. Soiled. God knows bunny. what those criminals were doing in the underbelly of that plane. And plus it was just about to go into the sewer before yeah. he catches it at the last second. Catches it at the last second. And again, it's that, that sort of knowing shit because the mullet is glistening, the, 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 the fans are on. Yeah. That, that, well, so it wouldn't be a Brookheimer film without a hip hop song. So. How do I live? How do Leanne I live? Leanne Rhymes. How do I live? Yeah. Without um, that haircut. Without that haircut. <laughs> and he even says, I meant to get a haircut. <laughs> and it's like, what? You were in prison for nine years? Yeah, or you cut yourself, dude. But that's not the final joke because it cuts to the casino tables and. The mass murderer, Steve Buscemi. You know the guy that had to be sort of, you know, locked up like Hannibal Lecter. He's on the. He's not only gambling. Yeah, mega lols. Yeah, he's he's winning. Ha ha ha. But the laughs don't stop that because then 
you get all of the cutscenes that's taken out of like an airplane film or a... Oh, well, when they're all looking at the camera they and smiling. Do, they all smile at the camera and it's like, oh, come on, guys. We were just... I mean, that that does... It, that's why I walk away from this film thinking it was very... It, we were, it was all just a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they're not really criminals, <laughs> you idiot. I can't believe you're even watching this shit. <laughs> you're still watching this? <laughs> they're kind of laughing at you. It's it's a trashy film. It's sort of, it is a guilty pleasure, and I know some people hate that term, but it's I'd say it's one of the weaker end of the the Brookheimer Simpson staples. But it's still a lot of fun. It it does work. I can remember watching this film shortly after I just moved to France, and I remember I had a night alone, I had some time to myself. I got some beers. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this film on. And I think I had Facebook open at the same time. And I was like, this movie is amazing. Three beers in, people. Three beers in. But I had, I had a roller coaster ride. And I was just like, this film is so silly. It's so ridiculous. But just switch off your brain, sit back, and pray you're not on corner. We, we did joke that it is that classic economic exposition of. I'm just going to read through that, you know, what are all their, their worst crimes and then we'll get straight to the action. But that's what the film's really good at. It, it's There's lots of key action sequences all linked together. So you've got the the taking of the plane, the bit in, in the Lunar Airfield, and then obviously you've got the, the, the whole Vegas stretch. Great set pieces, some good jokes. I like the bit about the body being thrown out of the plane and landing. It's got, the body's got your name on it. Yeah. Um, there's, and yeah, I think these, these were popcorn films at the time. I remember going to see these. You know, you knew what you were going to get. It was like, oh, no, it was like there was this, there was, you know, we've talked about all the other Brookheimers. There was the bus that could not slow down. <laughs> um, yeah, there was speed. There was, you know, the, these these films were enjoyable. But we talked about his mullet a lot. And I'm starting to think now, George, you know, who else was considered for the role? Was Nicolas Cage chosen because he was the only one who agreed to the greasy mullet? Well, I think that brings us to our uh, monthly feature. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Indeed. So um, I've got two for this. So one is for Cameron Poe and then one is for Cyrus the Virus Grissom. So it sounds like for Cameron Poe, it was a who's who of action heroes. So Arnie, Sly, Bruce Willis, Kurt Russell, Van Damme, Seagal, Dolph Lundgren, then a bit more left field, Johnny Depp. Then, well, we haven't got the budget for, for Alec Baldwin. What about William Baldwin? What about Stephen Baldwin? My God. Um, yeah, that's pretty low. Uh, Canoe Reeves. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise apparently were all, were all considered, but I think maybe none of them wanted to have the mullet. Apart it was from, when you get to that bit in the contract, you will you will have hair extensions. And, and even Van Damme was like, but I've done this. I've, I've already been there, man. <laughs> but for Cyrus uh, Grissom, apparently Gary Oldman was the, the first that choice. That could have been interesting. That could have been very interesting. But then apparently, yeah, again, it sounds like a bit sort of who's who of, of very good character actors. So you've got Tim Robbins, Ed Harris. Stand up, Captain. <laughs> William Hurt, Robert De Niro, John Travolta. Oh, God. That, 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 that <laughs> Nicholas one. Cage and John Travolta. <laughs> again, back together again. <laughs> uh, Rudke Hauer, Peter, wow. Peter Weller, James Gandolfini, Sean Penn, and Mickey Rourke. Apparently, Mickey Rourke got as far as auditioning for the role and terrified people by improvising uh, in his audition, turning up with a, a a real knife, but which did impress a director, but apparently uh, it wasn't enough to get cast over Malkovich. But 
Malkovich. This is Malkovich. his film. He has he does a great job, and yeah. he does he does the very good, uh, crazy but not stupid role. But as you were saying when we were talking about earlier, that he's he's an, he's an he's an egomaniac, so he will make the odd mistakes because he's so proud. Because I was like, why would he? In the prison transfer scene, you know, at Carson City, why would he disguise himself as one of the guards? Why not get somebody else to do it when he's one of the most famous, notorious criminals? In- it's. I think he's he's a very well drawn character. I think they're all. I just think they're not lazily, just loosely drawn. As I say, the the whole thing that's going on on the ground. Well, mm. it's a it's a smart thing of Brookheimer. It's like, well, how would it really be dealt with in real life? Well, you'd have so many agencies involved. I mean, these this was obviously pre nine eleven. You'd have, but you would still have so many agencies fighting over what they were going to do. The talk of shooting it down. So they just squeeze those into yeah. into left and right characters of Minicom and um, John Cusack. Oh, but I forgot about the whole. There's a whole scene where they. The prison guards at his cell, they discover all of his plans. Oh, of, yeah, and there's that bomb. Of, of the plane. And then it's like the do not open box. And yeah, John Keyes is like, whatever you do, don't touch that. What? This this one? Uh, uh, it's a button. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you do, Dougal, do not push that red button. Yeah. You know, it's that sort of thing. And it's sort of like, why didn't he? Why did he want them to find out, but then like... Blow them up. Why not just get rid of the plans in the first yeah. place? It's... It's kind of a bit unnecessary. I've got a little bit of uh, other trivia for you. So apparently the the crash site in Vegas was picked because that hotel was due for demolition anyway. Excellent. So, so they were like, before you blow it up, can we blow it up? Can we crash a CGI plane into it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently it was originally, so the crash site was supposed to be the White House. Wow. Which seems a bit random. What, what were they doing in Washington? Uh, it's a long trip. It's yeah. a long trip. But then they thought, they they had this hotel available, and Las Vegas was more in keeping with the the whole thing of convicts ca- cashing in. Apparently. And in the desert, it kind of ties and in, in the with desert, the past. Yeah. Or oh, we don't know which way they they worked this out. Yeah. But the the other fun fact is apparently uh, John Cusack hates the film so much he refuses to talk about it in any interviews. That is a shame. <laughs> um, which is he's had a really bizarre career. Hasn't yeah, he? I mean he's he's been in some cracking films. I mean I love. Um, High Fidelity is, is one of the... I think it's a, a cracking film, but... Gross he, Point Blank. Gross Point Blank, another 1997 film. We will, yeah. Because, yeah, we were going to... We were talking about doing that as well. Yeah, no. Uh, gross, we'll get we'll get to it. Gross Point Blank is is a, uh, a great film. A little gem. Dan Aykroyd, isn't it? Yeah, he, John Cusack seems to have fallen from grace and, and done a bit of a Nick Cage. They seem to be doing a lot of... Up and st- down. Straight to DVD type fare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, again, the I think he's quite a prickly pair to deal with because there was that one where he actually, speaking of Poe, doesn't he make, he made a film about Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, you yes. know who Edgar Allan Poe? He's the only author, according to Hollywood. Well, America. The, only, the only American author mm-hmm. that's ever mentioned in any mainstream, it's Edgar Allan Poe. Or Mark Twain. Yeah, yeah but, but, they but do, it's, it's all about. They, they, they do so he made this film about, and it, I don't know if it was well received or critically acclaimed. Is it or whatever. The Raven or something. Is I think it's. Raven? I think that's what it's called. But um, in that, he went a bit meta, and in I remember hearing one or two interviews, and he was just he just sounded difficult. So I don't know what else. Maybe he has just got a bit difficult with age. Um, I think all stars now that there are so many media outlets. When you've got to do like, what is it? What do I heard once? Like fifty-seven junkets in one day, mm. you go insane. You well, know, yeah, maybe answering it, the same questions mm, over and over maybe again. Maybe it's the numbers game. Maybe it's like rather I'll I'll do a few straight to video efforts, pays the bills, and as you say, I don't have to travel around the world. I don't need six months in a in another country. I'm 
I've done my bit. I can't be bothered to, you know, keep doing big. Well, what was the last thing I watched him in? Was uh, that awful disaster film, Twenty Twelve, where it's just like everyone. I've not seen that. Everyone in it is just like, I'm paying the tax bill. I'm paying the gas bill. Like you know, Woody Harrelson's in it, and it's got all like these random people popping up, and it's yeah, just run away from the special effects. <laughs> um, it's 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 garbage, Kent. It's garbage. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's uh, that's kind of the uh, the whistle stop. Obviously, this would. Uh, Pave the way for, I say, we've we've touched on it. The, the silliness of of Armageddon. Cage would then go on to do Gone in sixty seconds, another Bruckheimer yep. production, and then popcorn his, movies. And then his career just got even. Well, more. it's like a barometer. It's up and down, up and down all the time. But lots of fun to be had in this. We highly recommend watching it if you're on a low day, hungover, or if you had a few beers like I did. You, it's it's thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Just don't concentrate too much. And and it knows it knows it's silly. It yeah. knows it's silly. So yeah, ch- check it out. Um, kick back, open a beer, and uh, and maybe put on a mullet and, and the fan to, to to get that full sort of uh, experience. Always looking in a fan. Can can we fade out to screeching guitars? Is that all right? Can Let you, me just can, get can, mine ready. Can, you got yours ready? Hang on. Let me just plug it in. Okay. Put the thing over your head. Yeah. Okay. And go. And go. So uh, next time, um, yeah. Uh, well, we will be back, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. As per usual, please share with all of your friends. Keep the comments, the liking, and the suggestions coming in. Those have been very helpful, and they're helping us shape our calendar for the year ahead got some um, some great films coming out this year so uh, stay tuned yeah so it's retroramble.blog uh, we're on all of the other social medias I've been Charlie McGee I've been George McGee and we'll see you next time display the ability to fight on to the ranger objective and complete its mission Never leaving behind a fallen comrade, no matter what the odds or the enemy. I thank you. America thanks you. And I wish you luck wherever you go. And remember, Rangers lead the way. <laughs>